0: Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Mike Tyson. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the podcast that helps you be the leader. I'm Jeremiah. I'm your host. This is a podcast to teach you how to be the leader in life at your work or in your sport, in your profession, or even in your family. We talk about leadership and we talk about performance, but overall, This podcast is for people who want to win. The overall goal is to help you become a top performer in your field. It will help you establish a foundation in leadership and help you evolve from a poor leader to a good one or a good leader to a great one. All I ask is that if you find value in today's episode, if you laugh, if you learn, or if you're just generally amused, just share it with a friend. That's all I ask. That's we, uh, we're, we're growing this podcast organically, so we're not going to run ads and, um, to help spread the message, we need people to share it and we need people to leave reviews. So that's what we ask. And, uh, if you guys do that, you know, I'll do my part and we'll keep cranking out great content that everybody can learn from and make you better. But more importantly, today's topic. Okay. Today's topic is titled staying in the lead. And really what we're going to go over, this is going to be a life changing episode, another life changing episode, because we're going to talk about how to keep your team in the fight and win. and when I say team, I mean either your friends or family, your team at work, your coworkers, your employees, your staff, the people around you that you have influence and, uh, an impact on. So we're going to talk about how to keep your team in the fight and how to win, but as always before we get into that, just some housekeeping. And uh, let me bring in my co host, Mr. Consistency, AKA the podmaster, Justin Phillips. What's up, man?
1: I haven't heard Mr. Consistency in a while. I was going to try to get that Instagram username just for the hell of it, but I think it's already taken. So that was kind of disappointing when I figured that out. <laughs> N-
0: new listeners are like, why is he saying Mr. Consistency? Guys, Justin recorded 365 podcast episodes in a row. He is yeah. the subject matter expert yeah. on on podcasting and uh, yeah. without fail for an entire year. Phenomenal. Yeah. So that's why he's yeah. Mr. Consistency.
1: And also the subject matter expert on just not even podcasting itself, but like how the fuck to figure out what you don't know how to do within a day if, you're, <laughs> if you need to figure out how to do it. But yeah, that's what I do.
0: Yeah. So for today's episode, like I mentioned, we're going to talk about staying in the lead. Justin's going to ask me a ton of questions about you know, how, how to lead and win, and then how to adapt to this, the current environment that we're in, um, as a leader. And, uh, the goal here is to give you some practical tools that you can actually walk away with and implement today. So that, that's the goal of today's episode, guys. Um, Justin, anything, any housekeeping notes though up front?
1: Um, not out of the ordinary, the usual housekeeping notes are, you know, some of you have been leaving reviews. I was just telling Jeremiah right before we started doing this that like, The reviews you guys write are really good. And so we want you to keep doing that though, because we've got the quality of reviews. We just need the quantity of reviews. Um, Currently we're not on the charts and we have been on the charts before. So like get us back on the charts. Like I've said in previous episodes, you know, the older the podcast gets, the harder it gets to keep it on the charts. So like we really need extra help as time goes on. So just tell your friends, tell everyone in the world, go up to your neighbor and just be like, Hey, have you heard this podcast? Annoy the shit out of people. I don't care what you do. Just, Just get people to listen to it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And if if you guys need an episode to share, um, one of the ones that's doing really, really well is The Easy Way Out. So if you haven't listened to that yet, if you're a new listener, uh, scroll back into the episodes. And I don't know what number that is. 21. Episode 21. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that one skyrocketed and uh, it's doing really, really well. So share that one with a friend because it's well-received.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: But that's all I got. Right on. Well, let's uh let's jump into it. Um so the current environment right now is you know, we're a couple months into 2020 and um this is kind of what's on everybody's minds right now. Okay? Everybody we've we've talked about the uh coronavirus, okay? And we've given some strategies to to thrive in solitude and we did that on the last episode. Well, just to kind of put paint the picture for everyone. Remember last year Remember 2019, how excited everyone was getting for 2020? And, was, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, I mean, we, I got excited for it. Did you get excited about it, Justin?
1: Yeah, I got excited about all the years. Yeah. Especially 2020.
0: Yeah. So it was kind of cool. It was like, hey, new decade. There's a lot of momentum. And uh, this is important to pay attention to because, you know, your teams, your families, your friends, we all go through these e- this ebb and flow of energy and enthusiasm, but then something in life happens where we get hit in the mouth yeah. <laughs> and we have to adjust. So last year, everybody was excited about the new decade and, um, you know, they got excited in, in September and then November, yeah. they, they started mapping it all out in December. They said, Hey, I'm going to hit it hard January. They had about a week, most people had about a week <laughs> of momentum and then they started, uh, fading out. Right.
1: Yeah. So uh, I started making coronavirus jokes and then coronavirus came and made us the joke, essentially.
0: And it it took over our lives and all that planning and all that excitement kind of dwindled and went away. Now everybody's stuck just trying to survive.
1: So that's where we're
0: at right now. And people right now are panicking. People and teams are struggling and they're trying to figure out how long is this going to last? Do I, and and also what do I do with my team? What do I do with my goals, my personal goals? So that's kind of where we're at right now, right? Yeah.
1: But the way I see it is that like, th- this is a time where people are either, they're basically doing one of three things in my mind. They're moving backward, moving forward, or they're just kind of treading water somewhere. So I think what we're going to get into ultimately is how to keep moving forward when you don't know what's going to happen next and stuff like that. And also why it's so important to move forward, not just not just how to, but because everybody else right now is treading water at best you know and if you can get ahead of them now it kind of sets you up to do even better when things do eventually get flipped back around and we get back into a good economy and all that stuff so is is that where we're going with this like
0: yeah and i think i think at its core what people are looking for right now is direction mm-hmm. okay at, at its at its core that's what people are looking for we're really hearing it we're hearing a lot of direction from a lot of people we don't really trust right now, whether it's the media or whether certain political figures. And so, people in general are kind of like, "What do I do?" And if, since this is a leadership podcast, they have people around them that are listening to this, that are asking the same thing. And so, you know, what we need to do as leaders right now is give that direction. Okay, so I'm sure there's people listening to this that are doing well and they're 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 focused right now. Um, but my, my goal is like, Hey, I'm going to give you some tips right now to help you get through this. And I want you to come out the back end as, as a winner. So the goal is to get you to become a high performer, the listeners, right? That's what our mission is. Bring more good in this world by helping others achieve their best so they can become high performers. And I want to tell everyone, remind everybody that right now is a huge opportunity to start winning. Okay. Because like you said, people are doing just a couple of things. They're staying stagnant. They're turning around or they're trying to figure out how to move forward. Right and this is how winning starts. Okay. So if you're a leader right now and you're listening to this and you know, coronavirus has punched you in the mouth metaphorically, well, this is your opportunity to get ahead of everyone. Okay. Instead of coasting by, instead of changing directions, rule number one is to, to fight the enemy, not the plan. Okay. So stay in the current fight and keep fighting so that you can win. And if you do that as an individual, You'll set the example for your team to do it and they'll mirror that same behavior and everyone will continue to fight. So that's, that's, that's the first thing we need everyone to start doing right now. That's the direction. Stay in the fight and fight the enemy, not the plan. What is the enemy?
1: Explain that, explain that
0: more. Yeah, so um, you know, like I mentioned, we started this, this episode with was people had big goals for 2020, okay? They had this plan that they had mapped out and then they get hit in the mouth. Their team had a plan that the leader mapped out. Hey, we're gonna do X, Y, and Z. They get hit in the mouth, and what I'm encouraging people to start doing now is, we've been faced with a situation that's outside of our control. So, the new direction is to to fight the current environment, to fight the enemy metaphorically, right? Which is the the new conditions you're given in your space in life. Okay, it means to adjust to to the to what's actually happening on the ground and not the imaginary plan, the perfect scenario that you created, you know, months ago.
1: Okay. So what would be an example of somebody fighting the plan? What does that look like for people?
0: Yeah. So it's a good, it's a good term for all these, uh, everybody, all the leaders that are listening right now, um, you know, fight the enemy, not the plan. What that means is, you know, so when I was a ranger or infantry officer at any point in my career, really, even when I was an enlisted engineer, um, that that saying was passed around, and what it meant was that the enemy has a vote, right? Like a lot of people go into these planning processes, like their plan. If they figure out the plan, they'll be able to execute it perfectly without any distractions or in- any interruptions. But what what really happens is you create this plan. Like if you're getting ready to go hit a mission, um, go you're gonna getting ready to go out on target. If I say go out on target, that means hitting an enemy objective, right? So, if you're getting ready to go out on target, well, when you get out there, the enemy's going to behave a little bit differently than what you expected, okay? You're going to have some assumptions, but they're not going to behave the exact way that you planned, right? So, you have to be flexible to that. You have to get on the ground and figure out like they have a vote, okay? You you might show up and you're going to go hit, you know, compound alpha. Okay? But on your your GRG the enemy is coming from Compound Bravo. Are you going to c- continue to push to Compound Alpha or are you going to adjust and go fight the enemy on Compound Bravo? OK, so the, you know, fight the enemy, not the plan is, you know, it's an adage. It's a saying to right. help people conceptualize what you need to do when the real world stuff starts happening. Stay focused yeah. on the bigger picture and start executing on on the enemy.
1: Yeah, that you need to adjust, basically. So for for you civilians out there that listen to this podcast and don't understand <laughs> Jeremiah's you know, army lingo is like what I picture is even when you go to talk to someone, you know, maybe you're, maybe you're planning to go ask your boss for a raise. Maybe you're planning to ask someone out something or other, and you you like stand in the bathroom mirror and you like script out this whole thing in your head, how the scenario is going to go down. And then you show up and you're like, hi, and they say something that just completely derails you. And you're like, (laughs) what do I do now? You know, like you've got to be able to adjust in a lot of situations in life, big and small. So.
0: So that's that's exactly right. It's a great example. Um, you know, pri- prime example of how you know I learned this lesson. Um, I learned it multiple times over and over. It was a reinforcing lesson in my life. And so one time I was in um, mountain warfare school, which is a marine um, a marine ran school for cold weather mountain training. Okay, mountain warfare, and like I said, it's ran by essentially the marines. So my ranger platoon and our ranger company got tasked with going to mountain warfare and being the opposition force for the Marines that were out there training, um, to improve their infantry readiness. Okay. So there is a Marine battalion out there that they needed to go spend 30 days in the the mountains and they need to go practice their, their mission essential tasks list right? with their, their proficiencies their tasks they need to do as a battalion and they needed an enemy. So my ranger platoon, we, we went out there and we supported that mission. And our job was to, uh, basically conduct hit and run tack tactics on them, um, and operate like a ranger element would in the mountains against a bigger sized element. It was actually a really fun exercise, the coldest I've ever been in my life. Uh, freezing freaking cold man like like i lost feeling in my toes for like six months after
1: just out of curiosity are you a bigger fan of of colder weather or warmer weather just Uh, generally speaking
0: i I used to say colder weather until one ranger school and then two this experience (laughs) in mountain warfare school (laughs) i uh i've i've fallen asleep in in the rain i've fallen asleep in the snow with no like Shelter, right? Like in the middle of it, in the, like laying on the ground. It'd be the most unusual thing to see if if, if you were to walk by somebody like me in this environment, in this situation. Like if you were just out in the woods and, I, and if I didn't have this the other members of the Rangers with me, it'd be the most weird thing to see. Just like walking through the woods and there's just this tired Ranger laying on the ground on the dirt with a, a weapon and doing a training exercise, looking out in the middle of nowhere, trying to stay awake. You know, and it's just snowing on top of him. You know that's what it felt like at Ranger School. was, uh, yeah, exactly, dozing off, trying not to fall asleep, being hungry, tired, and uh anyway, so the answer to that question is, I used to think that the cold was better until um I had to live in it uh, <laughs> <laughs> so so mountain warfare was a time where this happened, right, so um one of the final training missions that we had as, as, as the bad mothers, which was my Ranger platoon and inside of attack company, which was the company I was in was to regain control of this enemy defense, which the Marines had occupied. Okay. The Marines had, a Marine battalion had seized key terrain at mountain warfare. And our job was to find a way to push them off of that, that terrain as a smaller element, as a company. So for context, our company had, you know, 120 soldiers or something like that, 120 Rangers. And we were going up against a Marine battalion, which an infantry battalion consists of like about a thousand Rangers. Okay. So the, the numbers are, are, you know, skewed a lot, right? Not in our favor. And what when we, when we got this mission, like I said, our, our job was to push them off. And the original plan was to go from our, our, uh, patrol base, which was probably, I don't know, it was less than five miles away from the Marines locations. Okay. It was to go from there and just kind of conduct a frontal assault and some sporadic harassing attacks until we attrited them in their defense, penetrated the defense and then found a way in. Well, when we came up with that plan, it didn't fit the Marine cadre's uh, scenario that they wanted the Marines to to train on. And so they said, hey, you can't do that. You can't do it the way you want to. You guys actually have to start from this new location, this new grid point, which is way out over here to the west, and where we were was into the southeast. You guys have to actually go bed down over here to the west, do a uh, an administrative movement, start there, and then go attack the Marines. And we're like, this is this is BS. This is bullshit. Because yeah. um, that's not tactical at all. You're just hand weight, like you're just you're just creating this imaginary scenario that doesn't make any sense. Isn't that the epitome of the Marines? Uh, I'm not going to tell you. I mean, you see that everywhere you go. You know, you're always going to have the competitive nature of all branches. So I guess I should talk a little shit, but no, I mean, it's you see that everywhere you go. Yeah, and no, um, I feel that. it's also a very egotistical Ranger to be like, no, 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 we want to do it our way, right? So it's yeah. both, both sides of it, right? Um. My point is, you know, we're talking about adjusting, adjusting and fighting the enemy, not the plan. So so our plan was to go from where we were at and, you know, take over the enemy defense. Well, we got moved. Couldn't control that. Okay. So what we did, they pushed us out to the West. We, we created a new patrol base, consolidated as a company, our company commander. I was a Ranger PL at this time, broke each of the platoons into different tasks, with different purposes. He said, hey, you go to the north, you go to the east, um, you know, Captain Sullivan, you go down to the south. And he's like, I'm going to go with you at the headquarters element. And uh, you guys actually get the toughest mission because this is a 20 mile infill. And uh, we're going to start as soon as the sun comes up tomorrow morning. And we're already smoked, man. Like we've been carrying around 60 to 80 pound packs in the Sierra Nevadas in California um on skis like cross-country skis nice. we've been we've been we, yes yeah, so that was what we were doing out there learning how to maneuver in, on skis in the middle of the mountains in snow and uh survive out there with you know not a lot of sleep just the bare minimum food heavy weapons and here we are at this final exercise getting pissed off because we can't do what we want to do right what the plan was and then the company commander comes in he's like hey hey, bad mothers, listen up. This is your guys' task. And we're like, all right, sir, let's do it. You know what? We're down. So the plan was to go from the West and do this big loop all the way around to the East in kind of a screw you way to the Marine cadre, (laughs) because what they wanted us to do was go from West straight East and just conduct another frontal assault. But my company commander at the time, a little bit rebellious, he was like, you know what? Screw their scenario. Um, let's go all the way around. <laughs> and so he ex- he gave us that plan and gave it to my platoon. So we start our infill. We like I said, sun comes up, we wake up in the morning, we're on skis, and most of this time we're walking on the When we're on the snow, we have we we're on skis and when we're on trails, we take the skis off and we put them in our rucksack. <laughs> It's actually really funny to see a, a ranger, a big tough ranger with a 60, 80 pound rucksack on that he's got to live out of for two yeah. weeks with skis yeah. and, a machi- and a machine gun. And, and then he <laughs> falls because he's never been trained with skis, right? Yeah. And he's learning in the mountains. It's hilarious because I had a, I had a squad leader that was carrying, um, not, he wasn't a squad leader. Uh, I had a soldier, a ranger that was carrying a two, four, nine machine gun. He fell on his skis in the snow and this is like eight feet of snow. And we're up in the mountains. He falls, and he, his entire body just disappears. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he gets—he gets so pissed off that he starts flailing, right? But his, skis, skis, are, his skis are still on. <laughs> yes. His skis are still on. He's still got his weapons slung around his neck, and his rucksack still on, <laughs> and he has ski poles hanging from his hands. <laughs> <laughs> so, so big tough ranger falls in in eight feet of snow. Uh I just I'm right behind him too. And I just see him fall yeah. over and just disappear. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh I'm kind of holding my breath because I don't want to laugh. I'm the leader, right? And I'm like, oh shit. And I'm like laughing on the inside though. And then he's freaking out and he's trying to flail but he can't move because he's in so deep in the snow. Um and he kind ca- he finally cools off after he realizes that flailing's not helping him. <laughs> And he's just getting like more packed in there. His legs are crossed. Anyway, so I help him up and we kind of continue mission. But that little situation happened numerous times to him specifically throughout that training exercise.
1: It's always got to work that way too, doesn't it? It's always got to be the same person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh man.
0: I have so many stories from that course. Like, like we did downhill skiing with, with equipment on and without equipment on, they taught us um, how to shoot from skis too, which is really cool. But
1: well, I would imagine it wouldn't make a lot of sense to just train you how to carry a gun while you're skiing if you're not going to yeah. shoot. Yeah.
0: Well, like, and so you, you learned how they, and they, inside of that school, they had different branches of courses that you could take too. So like scout uh, sniper or ski sniper course or something like that, oh, where it was Jesus. like, yeah, like how to sneak around in the woods and, and, uh, and be a sniper on skis. Pretty cool. But, so what, you know, one of the cool things they taught was like when you're, when you're shooting stationary on skis is you take your front ski and you put it out forward in front of you. Okay. Pointing at the, whatever you're shooting at. And then you take your back leg and you basically run that ski perpendicular to the front mm-hmm. one. And that creates, you know, your, your balance and helps you stabilize yourself. Right. So the back knee is down. The front leg is up kind of like in a lunge position or like you yeah. would shoot from a knee. And then you take your ski poles, you put them in the front hand, okay? You make a little cross with them, hold them with one hand, and that becomes your tripod. Yeah. So you got the tripod out there, and then you're holding the gun with the rear hand. You're leaning forward on your front knee, and you got that back leg perpendicular to the front, and you're shooting like that on skis. That's how you do it.
1: Yeah. That's some real Call of Duty shit right there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. anyway's it's pretty cool. So anyways, back to the... I'm telling some stories. Hopefully there's some people got some kicks out of that. But Listen, if
1: you're one of those people that follows Jeremiah because you're like looking to get into the army and into the Rangers and stuff like that, maybe we're just like secretly marketing for them right now and trying to convince you to do it.
0: No, no. And that's actually something I want to be careful of. Careful, like, I, don't ever, yeah. I don't ever want somebody to think it's all stories like that. There's a lot of downtime in the army and there's a lot of waiting and pain. And and so you, you need to make sure you understand the full picture. But <laughs> I'm not a recruiter. I'm not, the army hasn't solicited me to put more people into it either. So, uh, but yeah, this podcast will help you out either way if you're wanting to in the military or not. All right. So, so back to kind of the point, right? Um, Yeah. So we have this mission, company commander says, uh, you guys need to go around 20 miles around, around the backside. We start executing during sunrise. We get to the halfway point and the point was at that halfway point, we were going to take off our rucksacks, put them in a a vehicle and push that vehicle to a storage point that we had planned. Okay. So we got about halfway, we did that. And then we continued movement through some really, really hard terrain in the snow. Uh, and, and, uh, some of it was dry as well, but then we moved for about 16 hours. Okay. So we started, I think at like five o'clock in the morning, And it was, you know, that nightfall started setting in and within the 17, 18 hour uh, mark, it was pitch black and we were in the nastiest blizzard that you can imagine. Okay. It was snowing so bad. We had to line up Rangers one behind the other and and at, at arm's distance so that if they lost sight of them, they could lift their arm up and smack them and see if they were still in front of them. Because okay, you couldn't see because of all the snow. Now, now, mind you, we're wearing night vision goggles during this as well. So just kind of shape the picture. Blizzard comes in at nightfall. It's like 11 o'clock at night. People are starting to freeze. And the cadre actually get warnings that they are likely going to have to stand down the exercise because this is a historical blizzard that's coming in. But we're still focused on the enemy right? So the plan was we needed to go and our, our, key task for my platoon was to knock out the enemy command and control point. Okay. We need to get to like the, 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 the node of the battalion and eliminate that. So we start facing some adversity, right? We start, we get punched in the mouth again. We can't control the snow. And we had, we had some options at this point. We could change the route. We could stay where we were at, or we can keep pressing forward. So we kept pressing. Okay. And we said, Hey, we're going to keep going until we can't go any further. And, um, long short story short, we end up getting to where we think the objective is at and it's not there. The enemy's not there, not where we planned them to be. And so we had another choice. Do we turn around change? Like, what do we do? We decided to fan out. And push to a new spot where we thought they might have pulled back to. So we st- we did that, and there was a moment in this segment of the the story where the blizzard got even worse. And I, on the inside, I was one of the I was the senior officer for my platoon out there, and I actually thought that people were going to die. I thought this was a training exercise. I was concerned that we were going to have real world casualties uh, from the blizzard. In fact, one of the other platoons. They end up getting medically evacuated off the top of another mountain because they had almost a full squad of cold weather casualties. Okay, they had they had done a shorter route. They wanted to go for speed, so they they went light. They didn't pack their snowshoes. They got up there. They trekked through the snow, and at this point, it's about midnight, and they got to their location, but they were completely wet after making the 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 infill in. And they stopped, they stopped moving in a blizzard wet. And after about 30 minutes of that, 40 minutes of that, they got an emergency real world radio call Mm -hmm. over the net and the cat and, and the cadre had to come start pulling them off of the hill and taking them to the hospital. So here I was hearing all that traffic and my platoon was still tasked with our mission. Okay again, worry starts to set in a lot, a lot like people are experiencing right now. Worry is coming in. Fear is coming in. The unknown is coming in. My gut said to keep going, right? And I, we, kept, we kept pushing. And then it, my gut got really bad. And I said, listen, we got on top of this, this, um, this spur. We're on top of this ridge line, And it was very, very steep on the sides. You can only fit one person on top of this thing. One, like you couldn't put two people side by side or else if you did, they would fall down the the mountain. It was that steep. And, uh, I paused the formation. I went over to my senior NCO and I said, Hey, listen, you know, what's the plan? What are you thinking? Pulled in some of the leaders. What are you guys thinking? I was like, the enemy's not where we thought they were. They're not in the second location. Um, we've been walking all night. We've been walking for almost 20 hours at this point. What do you guys want to do? I was like, because I'm thinking about pulling us off because we have two, we have a single platoon that was all cold weather casualties. The other platoon had had gotten wiped out by the enemy and they were back. And this this mission was designed so that um, the Marines would win, but that we would give them a tough fight. That was the overall objective, right? And I'm like, I'm weighing risk to, I'm weighing, are we going to have real world casualties in my platoon right now as the leader? And my, I said, told the senior NCO, I said, hey man, I'm thinking about calling it. And I almost pulled us off. I almost had us turn around. He, he looked at me in the face and he said, "All right, sir, I think you're right." And one of the one of the other squad leaders comes up to me. And he says, "Sir," he's like, "You can't." He's like, "We've already walked 20 hours. We got to keep going. Don't do this to us." And I said, I looked at him in the face and I was like, "All right, you're right." I was like, "Listen, we're going to push for another hour." At that point, I'll make that'll be the decision point where I make the call whether we're what we're going to do. And we go 10 minutes further and we see these little lights. And we locate the enemy CP at the bottom of this draw. And we're on top of that ridgeline still. And all of a sudden, it's like, holy shit, we're gonna achieve mission success. And so we adjusted we adjusted the plan, right? We continue to fight the enemy scenario. We got to this, we saw the light down there. What ends up happening is me and my platoon sergeant, we split the force. I went to the south, he went to the north, and um when we did that, the enemy saw us come and they, one of their guards alerted or they heard us. They couldn't see us because of the blizzard um, and they got, they got alerted. Everybody started getting in their defenses. And then all of a sudden shots started being fired. Everybody's shooting blank rounds at each other. And, uh, I take my element to the South down this giant spur and start assaulting from South to North to clear out the CP while he goes from East to West. And we're talking to each other on the radio controlling the maneuver. So. Interesting part though, is the company commander and his headquarters elements try to catch up with us and we're going so fast and downhill that everybody's like damn near fallen. And the, the RTO, the communications guy for the uh, company commander, he trips and falls on the spur and he, he falls off this cliff about 15 feet, maybe more, hits his head, boom, lights out. He goes unconscious. But it's, but it's the blizzard's so bad that nobody sees where he lands and everybody's so hyped up on the, the mission. Nobody's paying attention to him. So we end up clearing through the objective. We achieve success. We're starting to consolidate and organize. And we're like, Hey, where's the RTO at? We're doing our numbers. We're like, we're short the RTO and now we can't find this guy. And we're like, shit, the last place he was at was on top of this spur. Still blizzards bad. My hands. It was so cold that, and and my adrenaline got going so much that when I started firing like at the, uh, the, the enemy, right. In this training scenario, my joints wouldn't work. I was locked up and my, my fingers couldn't move. I was literally like, you would grab a soda can. I was grabbing my chart, the charging handle on my, my weapon like that. And I could, and I was pulling back and squeezing the trigger. Like I was holding two soda cans (laughs) because I couldn't, I couldn't straighten them out and use them. It was so bad. So anyways, we're back clearing and, uh, this, we, somebody bumps into the RTO and they find him and he's, he's in a drainage ditch covered in snow and he, and he's completely buried in snow, like, like three inches of snow. So they find him
1: <laughs> at least he's not flailing around
0: <laughs> Oh, and he's still out, out cold and they start waking him up and then, you know, they're calling the radio, Hey, we got him over here. And so they wake him up. And he starts screaming, bloody murder, right? He's like, I can't see. I can't see. And he thinks that he's blind. But we get a light on him, and it turned out that it was so cold, his eyelids had frozen shut. And so he couldn't open his eyes. He thought his eyes were open, and he thought he, was, he thought he was blind. So... <laughs>
1: So I shouldn't be laughing at this poor bastard. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I just, I can't even imagine that. I do do that thing. I don't know if other people do this, but I do. If I'm in a really, like just a purely dark room sometimes, like trying to go to bed at night, there will be times when I'm just laying in bed and I'm like, I don't know, my eyes are open right now. So I'm just picturing like that phenomena happening to me, except it being, you know, negative a million degrees and I'm in the army and all this other stuff that I'm too much of a fancy to deal with. But. Anyway, so,
0: so, so, we get him, we, we, uh, we get him on a litter, um, which is a piece of medical equipment, right. To get him over to one of the, the, uh, Marines tents, we start heating him up and my platoon sergeant is, is with him. He's got the light on him. He's leading the medical treatment. He gets him into the tent and he's still yelling that he can't see and stuff. And my platoon sergeant like grabs him. He's like, listen, and he, he, he cussed at him. He's like, listen, you can fucking see your eyes are just frozen. Shut, shut up. <sighs> and and the dude just instantly like you know when he grab a cat by the back of the neck like just goes limp like he just went limp he was like okay (laughs) and took it took all the panic out of him and uh they defrosted this guy got him back and he was fine okay he didn't have any injuries but um, what ends up happening is that was the end of the mission and we just had to beat feet off that mountain as the cadre were pulling off every single marine the entire battalion and the other rangers with vehicles, they were pulling them off that mountain because the storm was getting so bad that um, they were worried about people dying out there. So, point being, we got accomplished, <laughs> <laughs> we accomplished mission success because we fought the enemy, not the plan. Right? The enemy moved. The enemy had a vote. So that's a really powerful story for people to remember: uh, fight the enemy, not the plan. Right?
1: Yeah. So half an hour later, that's what we've learned. Um, you, you said a couple of good things in there, so I'm going to start pulling stuff out of the story that you just told in. Uh, one, one thing that you said, okay, we didn't really talk about this too much, but we, you know, the quote at the beginning, and you'll say it again at the end, I'm sure, is the Mike Tyson quote, you know, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. You brought up this point in that story where you said, we got punched in the mouth again. And not a lot of people talk about that. So do you think it goes under the radar a little bit too much that people, you're not just going to get punched in the mouth one time necessarily over the course of a plan? Do you think people ever, are prepared to adjust that first time, but then they get punched in the mouth again. I mean, that's, that kind of starts to go into the war of attrition. It's like who can get punched in the mouth the most times and still be standing.
0: That's the point, right? That's, that's how winners win is you're, you're going to get hit metaphorically multiple times in your life. Your team's going to get hit multiple times in their life. And I I did a post ironically about this in January on Instagram before, Mm. before coronavirus was trending before all this stuff with the economy. I wrote this when everybody was excited about the new year. And I said, Hey, listen, what excites me the most about this new year. And the fact that we're in January is the unknown, like good stuff's going to happen. N- nasty stuff is going to happen. And I said, you know, we're going to, we're going to be exposed to probably chaos at some point this year. And what excites me is how am I going to handle that situation when it shows up? And this was in January. Yeah. So, and I, you know, what well, my point is that as we should always be preparing as, as leaders, preparing our teams for these nasty days ahead, because we're, we're a fool. If we think that, that every day is going to be great. You know, we need to think and prepare like there's more worse days ahead of us, maybe five years, maybe Mm -hmm. 10 years. Okay. So we have to become mentally tough to get through that stuff. And, uh, it does tie into the war of attrition because this is how people win. All right. when you know, the war of attrition means that if you want to win, really what you need to do is allow people to attrit and fall by the wayside so if you're a business owner if you're you know a a father a mother and you want your team to win the way to get through this is to allow others to a trip and you stay in the fight and fight the enemy not the plan right Mm
1: -hmm. yeah i mean it's it's it is just a last man standing type of deal like if if you're the only one left playing the game then you're gonna inevitably win in that situation um so should you should when you make a plan to do something like this, whether it be you know New Year's plan or one of your military examples, like an actual plan to achieve an, a- an actual objective, should you plan to adjust the plan somewhere along the line? Or should you come up with a plan just kind of A to Z all the way through and then just be prepared to adjust it as it goes along? Does that make yeah. sense?
0: Yeah. So we don't what you don't want to do is get into a planning cycle where you're you're planning against every contingency possible. Okay? okay. So so you don't want to like create this plan about how the year is going to look. And then when you get to the first friction point, maybe you say quarter one is where we think that we're going to have to um there's gonna be, you know, five different decisions that we're gonna to have to make at, at quarter one and you you explore every single one of those options. And then the next thing you know, you never get to quarter two and quarter three. You're stuck on quarter one, right? Mm-hmm. So to simplify it what you want to do when you're creating a plan is prepare for the most likely course of action okay and then also prepare for the most dangerous course of action okay when you, what's the most likely thing to happen in this next year okay that's me uh being able to hit all my my goals with very minimal friction so on and so forth what's the most dangerous course of action well something uncontrollable happens that i i can't move i can't manipulate and i have to wait till it's over um And my my point is you have those two, those two COAs, right? Those courses of action, but no, don't stay stuck planning against the most dangerous all, all day. What you want to do is just understand that when you get out there, you've, you've, you've anticipated the most likely and the most dangerous, and then give yourself flexibility to, to, to change that plan on the ground. And when I say change the plan, I don't mean do a one eighty. I mean, pivot. Yeah. Okay. And a lot of people right now, like I said, they're either, they're either staying stagnant, not doing anything. They're wanting to turn around, right? In my Marine Warfare example, they're wanting to leave the mountain. And then the third type of person, the winner is figuring out how can I pivot and figure out how to achieve my my end goal? How can I adjust the plan? So, you know, everybody that's listening that wants to win is what's the pivot, okay? So if you're in business, stay in business, make the pivot, don't create a new one and go a different direction. Just make a small pivot.
1: It's almost like if you're trying to drive somewhere, And then you accidentally get off the wrong exit. You don't just turn around and go home. You pull your phone out and you look up new directions from wherever the hell you are to still the same destination.
0: Yeah. That's the tie
1: I make in my mind.
0: (laughs) It's course correction, right? That's all you're doing. Um, And so, so yeah. So what you're going to see is you have this big goal. Maybe you want to be the next youngest billionaire. And there's, there's a thousand, there's hundreds of thousands of people that want the same goal right now. But half of those people are questioning that goal, and they're gonna abandon ship. They're like, you know what? No, I'm gonna stay inside for 30 days, 60 days, and I'm just gonna not do anything. And boom, now you just got to leg up on everyone.
1: So when you're coming up with a plan, how do you how do you actually do that to be best prepared for this in long term? Do you like think of yourself at point A, and like how do I get to point Z, and then try to make it all the way across where like, do you do like more of a milestone system where you're like, okay, I got to get from here to here. Then I got to get from there to there and then so on and so forth. Yeah.
0: You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger said, you know, without a vision, you're just wandering through life. Mm -hmm. So, so everybody that's listening to this has a vision for where they want to go. Okay. And really without getting too complex and into too much coaching, because it could take a while for me to help us person out with this exact question. In broad terms, what you want to do is just reverse engineer that vision to the daily actions, and the disciplines that you have to do today. So Zig Ziglar said this, he said, uh, live your life with a vision and your day by the clock. Okay. It's a great example of staying focused on the big picture and being, but putting all your energy into the process every single day. Okay. So in in times of, of adversity, you're thinking about the vision. Okay. And then you're going to reconstruct the clock and the time and figure out how to get to that vision. Right. James Lawrence talked about this too, the Iron Cowboy. Mm -hmm. He said, who this guy, if you don't know him, he ran 50 Ironmans in 50 days in 50 states. Fucking insane, by the way. (laughs) Me and him were talking on Instagram the other day, and I was like, dude, we got to do something together. Yeah. So, but this guy, he, he, uh, like I said, 50 Ironmans, 50 days, 50 states. But what he said, when, is a great example. When it comes to your goals, you almost want to shelve it. Okay. He says, create this big goal that you have, right. And then kind of shelve it, put it up there, you know, out of your periphery and just kind of hang it up on the wall, so to speak, and then focus on your daily disciplines to get to that goal. Because what what a lot of people do is they stay focused on that vision and then there's no daily discipline or action leading up into it. So, so, you know, the, we should be focused 80% into right now. And then 20% into that goal that's, that's shelved, right? The, the vision that's shelved.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense. I don't I don't think I have anything to come back with with that. And, and that's another thing that you brought up in your story that I thought I kind of wanted to shine a light on too, is you talked about, you know, you thought about turning around at some point during that whole shebang that you were going through. And then you said something to the regard of like, okay, we'll go for, I forget what you said. A, a, another certain amount of time and then we'll make a decision. But I thought that could be something that could actually help people as a tool is like setting those decision points. Like this is when I'm going to make a decision because I feel like a lot of people come up with a plan and they're just kind of like, and hey, we'll see what happens. You know, there's a problem with people half planning things. Yeah, I think is ultimately another big part of this.
0: Yeah, no, I, I missed. I missed answering that appropriately. You're, you're 100% right. And when I, when I say decision point, that's a military term for for a a tactical decision that's going to be made on the ground okay so it's like hey we're expecting to get on the ground a quarter one and then we have a decision point to make do we either go this direct do we go right or do we go left well in order to make that decision i need the answers to these specific questions like for instance um let me me think if i can use the mountain warfare example uh yeah that hour example so when we get Mm -hmm. to that hour My decision point was, hey, I'm going to reevaluate if we have any new intelligence. Have we seen the enemy? Yes or no. In that hour, if the answer is no, then the decision point is to pull off the mountain. Okay. If the answer is we've seen them, we just, maybe we lost them. Maybe we saw one guy, then we'll continue forward until the next decision point, right? Or if we hear something, or if we hear any indicator of enemy, right? That would be the criteria that would keep us on that course, right? So yeah, you you put those in. um, Yeah you know, hundred percent. I just don't want people to get stuck in planning for contingencies.
1: Right. You know, yeah. right. Just but but so- there's, a, there's a difference between getting stuck in planning for contingencies and creating those situations where you're just kind of letting yourself off the hook by saying like, oh, I'll think about it later. You know, stuff like that. Like that's the worst thing you can get from people in like sales, you know, is those people that are like, yeah, maybe yeah, I'll think about it. Like those always end up becoming no's. And the same thing happens for your own plans, as far as I've ever seen, is that if you think, "Oh, I'll get to that eventually," or so on and so forth, without giving yourself some sort of structure to mm-hmm. actually get there, then it, it's just, it, it it ends up being a no. Yeah, you're right.
0: And it's a it's this is a great topic and tool for people to use in their current life. Okay, so as you're moving forward right now, you've got direction. You know, I've told you we're encouraging you stay in the fight, fight the enemy, not the plan. Now create some decision points for yourself, for your life, and for your business. Okay, like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my current plan from 2020, from or uh, for from 2019 that I carried into 2020. I'm gonna stick with that for another four weeks. Okay, when I get to the end of that four weeks, I'm gonna revisit this, but I'm not gonna live in limbo from now until the end of that four weeks till the environment changes. I'm gonna keep yeah. pressing forward, right, and then make the decision then.
1: Mm-hmm. So going kind of way back to something we kind of already touched on, but we didn't get into it as much as I think you should have is, and this is what you were talking about on Instagram a few days ago, is this idea that people start planning too soon before they actually finish the plan that they're already with. Okay. And the example that you used was like people planning in 2019, their 2020 goals back in like September, October of 2019. Like when is the right time to start planning? for the new year or, you know, translated into any other aspect of your life. When's the right time to come up with a plan versus actually finishing out with your old one? Yeah,
0: there's there's a it depends on it d- depends on some things. But I would say until the last moment, OK, to, to where you feel uncomfortable. OK, that's a that'll be a guiding principle that will help yeah. most 90 percent of people's situations right now. It's like, hey, when do I change my plan? Do I, yeah. if I, if I'm gonna set a yearly plan, do I start doing it in August? do I start doing it in September? My guidance is do it at the last minute. okay, when you start to feel uncomfortable about not having control of the new plan, okay what what the upcoming plan is gonna be, start putting some emphasis on it then. Um, I could talk to you about what I personally do, but um, right. the whole the, the concept is do it past the point where you're comfortable. okay stay in the fight past the point where you're comfortable. And, uh, it's like, it's like with money, with business, you don't ever count the deal until the money's in the bank.
1: Yes. It, it
0: It should be binary, right? You're executing a plan. You should know, boom. Okay. Time to switch to the next thing. Don't fall into the trap of doing what everybody else is doing. You know, you might be hitting your, your annual goals in November. Maybe you, maybe you do what, you know, something exceptional and you hit your annual goals a month before the end of the year. And you're thinking about doing what everybody else is doing or what I do, and you're going to wait till it gets closer to the year. Well, that's not accurate. That's not good guidance. You should be changing and setting new goals right then. You have to wait till the end Mm -hmm. of the year. Boom, change them, readjust the plan, fight. So again, fight the enemy, not the plan, right?
1: Yeah. So I think what I really wanted to highlight too, though, was like not planning so far ahead that you start screwing with what you're doing right now. Here's a good example of this that I can think back to. I'll tell a story for once is um, (laughs) I... When I played, okay, when I was playing Little League Baseball in my hometown, I forget which year it was, but we'll just say like two thousand and nine, two thousand ten, something like that for the sake of it um my my all star team was the first boys team for my town to ever win a district title, and we won a championship that year, and basically, you know the same team came back the next year, same coach, everything, and it kind of went to our heads a little bit that we won the title the year before. And what had happened was that we were doing double elimination tournaments. So if you lost two games, you were out. And our coach got to this point where he was playing around with his strategy way too much the following year after we had won the title. Because he, I mean, he was fired up. He was ready to go. He was like, we're winning the title again. We're going even farther than we did last year, yada, yada, yada. But what ended up happening is that he started trying to plan out because Little League has all these pitching rules and stuff, and he needs certain amounts of days of rest in between. So here's putting in you know, not so good pitchers in these games. So we could have his good pitchers for the later games and stuff like that. And during that whole thing, what ultimately ended up, ended up happening is that he was planning so much for the championship game and for the next tournament after that, that we lost the first two games yep. because he screwed up. He, he didn't get through what we needed to get through in order to get there in the first place.
0: Yeah, you're exactly right. So, so the, the, the answer is when do you start, when you shift it's, yeah start planning the new fight when you're out of the current one. Yeah. Okay. It's it's, it's that simple. Like I'm not going to be on target hitting a mission and thinking about my next mission. I'm going to stay in the fight. Yeah. It's like, if I'm an MMA fighter, am I going to be thinking about my next fight? Not, yeah, exactly. After? No, I'm going to finish the current one. And if, if it's the MMA example, great. If it's a military example, I'm going to focus on the next uh, mission when I get back to the base and I've reset. Now that might be a month prior to the end of the year. That might be a month after the end of the year, right? It's really up to you to figure out when exactly that sweet spot's going to be. Um, and then constantly evaluate that plan and that as as you go, right? So yeah, that's how you do it.
1: Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, to me that all, it it also comes down to just a case of reality, you know, is because when you're in situations like that, you're kind of, you start planning out these things that aren't even going to happen unless You actually do what it takes to get there, which ironically makes you not do what it takes to get there. So it's it's just a whole mess of things that can go on.
0: Yeah. You know, and 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 to bring this into the look the topic, which is staying in the lead. Yeah. You know, if you think about this in terms of time, okay, the way to stay in the lead is to continue to accumulate um progress towards your goal with your team and your business and your family, right? That's how you get to the goal. It's through constant progress, okay? There, there, there's a like, like one task, accomplishing one task and two tasks and three tasks, right? So what we're talking about right now is keeping you in the lead, meaning that you're still collecting tasks and moving forward. And that's how you win as a leader. That's how you win as a team and that's how you win as, as, a, as a business. So yeah, just tying it back into the topic, but we want everybody to stay in the fight, stay in the lead. And the the, the lesson from all of this is now that you guys have this information as leaders, your job is to take it and give this information to communicate it to your team, to your family and to your companies. Okay. And so the key points that we covered, you know, we can, I'll let you ask a couple more questions, but I think we're going to close I, it up. I'll, I don't I'll go over
1: questions. it.
0: Okay. So, so the key points that we want to communicate to the team now that you know, you're motivated, you're like, okay, I got it. I need to stay moving forward. Okay. Communicate to your team, your family, your friends. Um, the first thing is, point number one is, hey, guys, we're going to fight the enemy, not the plan. Everybody needs to know that. We're going to fight the enemy, not the plan. Um, point number two is the vision. Everybody right now needs to know the vision. Yeah. Because right now they're thinking about the news. They're thinking about whatever. They're thinking about chaos. Mm-hmm. They need the new vision. Okay? so.
1: Also, to bounce off of that, like when you say "fight the enemy, not the plan," tied to the vision, you need to understand what the enemy or who the enemy actually is. So, I think that's another thing that people might—they get distracted by stuff like the news, like that. Like, like we were talking about with coronavirus on a couple of things ago. It's like all of a sudden, it seems like we're fighting each other more than we're fighting coronavirus, which is what we should be doing. And we just we get confused on who the enemy actually is. So, not only fight the enemy, not the plan, but actually know who. Fuck the enemy is.
0: Yeah. The enemy is accomplishing your goal. Okay. You need, you need to, you need to, you need to fight that goal. Like, how do I get to this, right? How do I get to this specific goal? That's what we're doing as a team. Okay. We're not going to get stuck on the nuances of how to get to the goal that we planned a year ago. We're going to create a new plan and then, and then overwhelm and dominate that enemy. Right. The third point that I have is this is, this is just a really good practical tip. All right. So now that, We've got you focused on the enemy. We've got you focused on the vision. Uh, The last thing that I want to encourage the leaders to do here is to build the team. Okay, whether it's your family, whether it's your, like I said, your your co-workers, your staff, your acquaintances, it doesn't matter. Right now, more than ever, what you need to do to stay in the lead of your competition is build the team. Okay, that means by communicating to them constantly. That means by inspiring them, by reaching out to them, by helping them by finding creative ways to build that team even in a remote uh social distancing world, okay? Because what's going to happen is eventually this is going to stop and if you haven't been building your team, then the team's going to be right now when they're in a scarcity and survival mode, they're looking for new opportunities. Yeah. To include your family members, okay? So, it doesn't matter if you got kids, like they're they're thinking the same thing. So, you just got to you got to build the team, all right? That's that's what I got for today's episode. I have
1: another side note to that too is <laughs> be careful with that last point too, because it's a good point to bring home. And I'm going to say it, make sure you're being authentic when you reach out and try to keep your uh, team you know, together in order and stuff too. Because what might be one of the worst things you can actually do is right now, while we're in a crisis, reach out, be like, hey, I'm here for you and take care of your team. And then let that fade away when things get good again. Yeah. That will blow trust quicker than anything. So just, Make sure, do that, do what Jeremiah is saying there, but make sure you keep doing that in perpetuity like for the rest of forever too. Don't don't just do it during the bad times.
0: Yeah, and if you're doing it inauthentically, people are human bullshit detectors. They're going (laughs) to know, oh, this guy's looking for a strategy for his business next year, blah, blah, blah. You got to do it authentically. And yeah, these are habits. The the podcast, we're using the current environment as an example, as a platform to talk about important habits that we need as leaders. So we should always be doing this regardless of the circumstances that we're given, regardless of the environment, regardless if it's coronavirus, it doesn't matter. We should always fight the enemy not the plan. We should always communicate the vision. We should always build the team, right? Yeah. Right on. I'm fired up, feel good. How do you feel, Justin?
1: I feel fantastic. I have to go do another podcast interview right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're getting a little bit over. I know you got a backstop. All right, guys, gals, Mr.
1: Like Mr. Mr. consistency is
0: signing off and he's going to go do another podcast by the way if you guys need some help with the podcast reach out to justin he can show you how to yes. get started
1: yes i have a lot of things going on with that actually
0: okay good deal guys thanks for listening gals thanks for listening um leaders thanks for listening okay uh we mentioned the the key points i won't hit them home again but i will close out with the, today's quote which is everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth okay so what we need to learn to do as leaders is take those punches and keep more, moving forward If you do that, you'll stay in the lead. Until next time, be the leader. Every day I try a little harder, but my dedication, dedication. keep my head way, way above the water, Crying to myself when I yell at the wall, begging to run, but I needed to crawl, I see the finish line up ahead, trying to get traction from all of this tread, I am a king, I am a queen, I am more than the people can see, I am strong when I'm needing to be, vulnerability's nothing to me, you can try, but I'm unshakable, my successes is never debatable, I'm coming and I'm so interchangeable. here's to you and all that you are capable you gotta go,